Hello. All right. All right. All right. We are in. Welcome to Cannabis Insider today. You not only have Elliot Lane, you are sans Javier Haas. Love Javi. He's the bomb.com, our Argentinian brethren, the international man of mystery. However, we have the absolute privilege, just the wonderful, amazing blessing and luck to have Jamie Miller. Our guy, Jamie Miller, one of the best cannabis networkers in Benzinga, knows a ton of people, knows what brands are coming up, knows what's happening in the space. Welcome, Jamie. It's been a while since we've had you, man. It has been a while, but I am very happy to be back. Um, absolutely pumped for this. Love whenever I get to make a guest appearance on the podcast. Absolutely love it. So I'm excited for today. Let's do it. All right, y'all. Show us some love. Drop a one in the chat if you're ready to talk about cannabis. We have two awesome executives for you today. We're going to start in the distribution life. We're going to get a little doobie delivery in our in our lives here. Joseph Rubin, CEO and co-founder, is with us. And then right after, we'll be with the Roll Pros founder and CEO, Kyle Laux. Very excited for the show. Aaron Thomas, let's go. All right, y'all. Stocks. <laughs> All the stocks. I, I mean, listen, if you want to look at stocks, you know, Jamie, I don't know if you have any insights on this, but I got to tell you guys, cannabis stocks are, are just the headline over the past two weeks. We saw a little correction yesterday, as expected, but overall, we've seen a new low. Currently, thanks to the HHS recommendation, if you're not caught up on, the, on that, you should check out our webinar that we just hosted, just finished on our main channel about rescheduling. We had the likes of Pablo Zwanich. We had David Mangone from the Liaison Group. We had David Trailer, a uh, financial genius from Golden Eagle Partners. We had uh, the medical community um, uh, rec re uh, represented there. Uh, it was an absolutely phenomenal discussion. Eric Berlin of Dittons bringing some regulatory legal minds. And then, of course, Fund Canna uh, was behind us being able to put that on. So check that out on our channel, Benzinga's main YouTube channel. It was awesome. If you need more insights on that. But Jamie, it, it, it's been fun, man, watching all these stocks go, watching all the sentiment in this space go up. What do you think? Um, I'm feeling pretty good about the cannabis industry right now. I mean, a lot of people are buzzing about it. If you follow anyone on LinkedIn, I mean, there's so much positive sentiment towards it. There's a lot of people that are just, you know, interacting with each other, pushing each other and really just trying to get everyone to, you know, uplift themselves and really raise the cannabis industry. Uh, so I think things are going really well right now. The HHS recommendation has been absolutely huge. Um, and like Elliot said, that webinar we did earlier today was absolutely amazing. It's on our YouTube. Go view it. A um, lot of great conversations went on and some really good insights were, were you know, shared with us. Yeah, a lot of cannabis content today. So before we get into our interviews, I do want you all to check out a few stocks. No financial recommendations here, uh, but really the biggest one today that I think is worth calling out is Canopy Growth, CGC on the NASDAQ. I, I mean, honestly, they, they're they essentially not going to fund, aka, you know, unofficially parting ways with BioSteel. Um, and, <laughs> and one must ask, um, really? <laughs> is that really what you want to do? However, they are really adamant about this asset asset light model. They think it's going to take them back um, to profitability. 
uh, especially once they enter the U.S. And this is the result. Canopy growth is up 13.36% today. Um, either investors are in love or we're about to see a major correction or both. We'll yeah, see. Nice to see, though. I mean, like I said, that that positive sentiment towards the cannabis industry. I mean, people are looking at it right now. They're really investing yeah, heavily in it. Are. It's nice. Mm-hmm. They absolutely are. And, we, and just to plug our, our event, bzcannabis.com. Normally, Javi is the plugger. Love him. But that man knows how to give a good plug. bzcannabis.com to get your tickets. Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T-2-0. Or Jamie, J-A-M-I-E-2-0. Depends on who you want to use, who you like better. Uh, we'll use this as a test. Go buy a ticket with one of our codes, and we'll see it, see who who's liked better from this show. If um, you buy a code or buy a ticket with my code, I will meet up with you at the conference, and we can chat. Ooh, so personal face-to-face with Jamie saying. Miller. Um, fun story. When, when I say Jamie Miller into my Apple phone, call Jamie Miller, Siri goes, um, uh, I don't know that contact. You don't have Jamie Miller in your phone. When I go call Jamie Millar, because you have an A uh, at the end of your name instead of E, Siri goes, do you mean Jamie Miller? Well, you know, I mean, Siri <laughs> is a tad odd. Um, yeah, yeah, a tad odd. Scottish accent on there. And, you know, the, uh, the Millar will really come out as yeah. more like a Miller. So, you All know. right. So as well as CGC, MSOS, uh, I do want to call out, has had a pretty, <laughs> pretty fun week. They had a ton of volume. Um, over the past couple of days, um, so MSOS for sure is one you got to keep an eye on. And honestly, I don't think the I don't think the sentiment rises over yet. I'm not saying it's going to keep going up and up and up. Um, however, I think it'll be a nice volatile couple of weeks, uh, especially through the end of September through our event, which Advisor Shares is presenting at. Um, so come see those managers. Come see all the stocks that they uh, that they hold in that ETF as well at our event. Um, that being said, CGC, TLRY is another one to watch. CBD of Denver, CBDD, up almost 17%. High Tide, uh, going into their earnings later today, um, has a really cool um, analytics uh, release. Check that out, HITI, up 7.22%. Curaleaf, GTI, both up 5 or 6%. Uh, Aurora <laughs> is up almost 8%. Listen, guys, yeah, you may think the cannabis industry isn't fun to invest in. Um, you're just not paying attention. Sorry about it. Um, but Jamie, any last thoughts before we get to our guests, my friend? Uh, so one last thought. So, you know, just to kind of as like an industry indicator, you mentioned MSOS. Um, over the last month, they're up, I believe, 84%. So Crazy. it goes to show that a lot of people are, you know, really diving back into the cannabis industry. So really nice to see. So MSOS, if you want to invest in, you know, just part of an industry and not one single stock, check it out. Not recommending it, not recommending it, but check it out. Well, don't forget about your ancillary place too. Urban Grow had had a really cool headline for everybody who didn't see this yesterday, UGRO on the NASDAQ. Uh, They ramp up their market presence with 3 million bucks worth of contracts in the marijuana space. So that that's huge. Um, and honestly, it means growth for many companies. So keep an eye on Urban Grow. I think how those ancillary plays go, Urban Grow, Grow Generation, uh, Agrify, I think Scott's Miracle Grow is winding down Hawthorne. Um, but some of these other stocks, you know, when, as they, they increase contract presence, it means some of these companies are, are expanding their presence as well, uh, generally. 
All that said, we're going to wrap up here. If you want more news, check out Benzinga.com slash cannabis throughout the day. Uh, 30 plus articles from Javi and his amazing team of writers. Check out our rescheduling webinar. It was right before this just ended at 1230. Uh, Check out this uh, every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 Eastern time. Cannabis Daily will be back after our event in the end of September. I'm too busy for it. We'll be back in October for that. Uh, But now we're going to bring some people that are way cooler than us. Please welcome Joseph Rubin, CEO and co-founder of Doobie Delivery. Phenomenal name. Joseph, welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, Elliot. Thank you for having me. Oh, glad to have you. Where are you calling from today? I am in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, but we'll be back in uh, Big Apple tomorrow, so we'll go back and forth pretty frequently. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about Doobie Delivery, what you're doing, where you operate, who you operate with, just uh, give us a little background. Yeah, sure. I appreciate appreciate again you having me. We are as simple as it gets. We are trying to make the cannabis delivery experience as simple and friendly as possible, I think. Uh, When you look at how far dispensaries have come, right, being in this stigmatized kind of zone, I'm sure you've heard that word and that phrase a million and one times over the last five, six years as this industry has evolved, you've seen the delivery portion of cannabis, I think, trail behind that. And what we've at least uh, attempted to do and accomplish is catch up with dispensaries, how far they've come, how beautiful they are when you walk in, at least in the brick and mortar space, and make delivery as, as approachable as going out and buying a burrito from Uber Eats or Postmates or DoorDash. So uh, that's, that's the space that we play in and have a lot of fun uh, doing just that. So we've tried to make it as approachable as possible from everybody who's you know 25 on their iPhone to you know Grandma Judy, who's maybe a little bit old, but it should be uh, easily accessible for everybody. And we try to create a platform that accomplishes that. Now, I have one follow-up and then I can let Jamie hop in. When it comes to delivery, you know, you excluded in this because you literally work for a company that, that focuses on delivery. It really <laughs> seems like distribution has been somewhat an afterthought. And I don't mean that in the sense of its importance. I just mean that in it being talked about. Um, and, and I'd like to understand a little bit from you uh, some of the pitfalls, some of the obstacles that you face uh, going into this industry as a deliverer, um, and, and maybe just a little bit more uh, about how you are making this a applicable business to the space and you know, eventually for investors to latch on to. Sure. That's a, that's a wonderful question. I think when you look at the hurdles Right. We have very similar uh, issues and roadblocks that we have to work through, just like a brick and mortar dispensary. And when you think of delivery and us trying to create that wonderful customer experience, that's that's what we are about. So trying to capture that in the delivery space where you have, number one, biggest issue or at least biggest hurdle for us for a while was payments and making sure that we could capture payments electronically to really mimic uh, that experience that you would get buying from a DoorDash or buying from an Uber Eats when you want something delivered. So for us, that was a big hurdle. Nobody wants to show up at the door with a clunky uh, you know, payment terminal, et cetera. And that creates a myriad of other issues, right? Security, safety. You don't want to be transacting with cash um, at the door. You want to be able to minimize the amount of time uh, that a driver is spending with a customer while there. So for us, a big, big hurdle and roadblock was being able to recreate that experience for delivery 
that any customer of ours would get normally ordering from one of these other platforms in a similar industry or similar space. So for us, that, that was a big hurdle and still working through it. I'm sure you guys have heard the rumblings in the background over the last month, two months with the MasterCard issues, et cetera. Mm -hmm. This will continue to be uh, an issue for, for us, right? Other people in the same space, other companies in the same space. So that is a big, uh, a big hurdle that we're working through is making this uh, experience as wonderful, but also as easy uh, and safe as any other industry, right? Buying alcohol for delivery, like Drizzly, et cetera, right? So working towards that uh, is what we're doing. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, really happy to hear that you guys are, you know, overcoming obstacles and all of that. Um, one of the obstacles is the ordering process on a lot of apps. So one of the fastest growing demographics is the, you know, older generation, uh, the boomers, if you will. Um, how easy is placing an order on your app? Is it pretty uh, intuitive? Like, what's that process like? It's a great question. Um, right, that is what we are about. So at least from my perspective, and I probably will sound biased, we've tried to cut out as many, as many of the hurdles on our platform as possible. Um, making it as simple as possible to get from point A, meaning adding items into your cart, to point B and uh, completing your checkout process. So removing a lot of those pain points uh, is really what we focus on, what we spent a lot of time on with our developers, et cetera. We've gone through our own testing, tested with family members, tested with friends, tested with grandma duties, tested with everybody to try and make this as simple as possible. So when someone wants their cannabis, they can order not just from our platform, but we've also created the avenue and opportunity for people to phone in orders with our dedicated customer service team. So we've got four or five people that are consistently on. You can give them a, give them a ring and they will walk you through placing an order or they will place an order on your behalf for you. So we've really tried to create as many avenues as possible for individual customer to be able to actually place that order on the app itself. I think we've removed a lot of the hurdles and, and roadblocks that you might get from some of the more complicated apps, but really it should be a couple minutes from start to finish if you know exactly what you want. If not, of course, you can call in. People, our customer service representatives will actually give you recommendations, right? They'll run you through the whole list because a big portion of this delivery, right, is you don't have that interaction face-to-face -face with a bud tender like you might have. Uh, in a dispensary where they can give you in real time recommendations, what you're looking for, uh, right? You're trying to go to sleep, trying to stay awake, et cetera. You don't have that touch point and interaction. So it was really important for us to have a really, really uh, knowledgeable and dedicated customer service staff that could go through these questions, answer, uh, answer people's uh, questions and thoughts, et cetera, and guide them in the right direction when they're making uh, a purchase. And Joseph, what's the competition like? I mean, I see you're in New York. I'm not sure about your other markets, if, if you focus on other markets yet. But um, give me a little sense of competition in New York City. Yeah, New York City. So a big, big market. And uh, we were, I'd like to think, pretty early into the delivery space itself from a compliance standpoint. Um, right now, you have some folks popping on the radar. I know Housing Works has been there uh, from day one, which is really, really wonderful. And they're doing uh, amazing work. So right now... Uh, we're located very close to them. Uh, Housing Works really is the big player, at least in uh, New York City, in Manhattan. And I know there's a bunch of others, a bunch of others that will be popping on uh, shortly. But Housing Works is really uh, adjacent to us, et cetera. So we consider them uh, wonderful, wonderful people and plenty of room to play in the sandbox for everybody as well. Wonderful. Sorry, I had the mute button on. Um, I have two more questions and I'll let Jamie wrap it up. 
first off is when it comes to your business model, I've talked to a few distributors and you know, some of them are talking about, I want to say it's like zero fee or, or something about, you know, they're doing, they're charging less, right? They're getting the retailers to charge less. I, I'm assuming I'm curious about the sustainability of something like that, right? We see a uh, DoorDash, right? And seamless, their fees are just stupid. Um, yeah. I hope they're listening because they're stupid. Um, <laughs> But when it comes to, to, to weed delivery, like what are we looking at there as a consumer? Sure, that's that's a great question. Um, we've tried to lower the fees as much as possible. So to answer your question, in Massachusetts, we charge a flat $5 delivery fee. doesn't matter if we're driving 30 or 40 minutes to get to you or five. Um, it's a $5 fee. And what we're able to layer in right now are, of course, the intricacies that you get with the DoorDash and the Uber Eats, like express delivery, et cetera. So we're able to roll that out now. There's a little bit of a higher uh, a higher fee when it comes to things like that. But there are also many moments in which we charge absolutely no delivery fee. And I think a lot of the people in the, in the space that we're in right now, at least in cannabis, are a following suit. Not necessarily that we're, uh, we're the model here, but... Um, you'll see that across a wide range of uh, the people in the space where you're charging fees anywhere as high as 20 bucks all the way down to zero, depending on the day and weekend and if there's holiday specials, et cetera. Uh, I agree with you. When you look at like Uber Eats, DoorDash, there's no reason to buy a $10 burrito and have a $5 delivery fee. That sounds crazy to me. I wouldn't do that, but right, we'd rather walk down the street to Chipotle, et cetera, and just pick it up. But we're trying to make this as affordable as possible. Uh, and part of that is the delivery fee and component, which makes it attractive to customers who are looking to get delivery. Mm. Part, of that, part of that, though, is also the convenience, right? You're still paying the payroll of drivers, et cetera, to get everybody down there. So you do have to, to factor in that when you're looking at the fees themselves. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last one for me, my friend. Um, I, I think one of the most important aspects of your business is the data you're collecting. Yeah. All right. You're, you're getting um, who's ordering. You're, I'm sure you're getting some demographics there about age, location. Uh, I would imagine you're getting product, um, you know, trends and 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 who likes what? Are they buying things again? Um, are you using this to turn it around and offer it to your partners and the retail side? How are you using this data? Yeah, it's a great question. So, depending on the market and uh, where we're operating, you can consider us and the partner in which we're operating with as one. So the data is all theirs. We don't use it, um, and we're not allowed to. It, Right, to, to cut to the chase, we're not allowed to sell it or do anything else with it. And privacy to us is very, very important. But the data uh, does live and die with uh, with the license entity, et cetera. So we can't do anything with it. But what we do do uh, with data is it helps us inform our purchasing decisions and the products that we're uh, curating the menu with. So really, that's that's what uh, what we use the data for on a broader scale is making sure that we're populating the menu and curating it with products that are popular ones that we know will sell through items that people are looking for. And then in conjunction with some other data programs, that's where we'll all, where we'll get a majority of our information from companies like headset or uh, BDSA, uh, et cetera, to, to also assist us with informing uh, those purchasing decisions, et cetera. So on um... Sorry. So on the back end of the data, you're doing that, helping inform purchase decisions on like a front end user focus side. Are you guys creating like a consumer profile like Jamie Millar um, typically orders a sativa, typically orders from X 
uh, brand? Like, do you guys have something like that? So it's like, hey, I come back in, I log in, I essentially have a dashboard ready to go with like my products, what you guys think would best suit me. Um, is that yeah. something you guys are working on? Yeah, so we, we have historical data, right? If, if you, uh, Jamie, were to have a, a profile with us, we could right, better inform, uh, you know, if you were to call in again, we could say, oh, hey, yeah, you ordered XYZ last time, or you ordered this about a month ago, perhaps you might want to try this. So we do have the information of uh, your order itself, what you, if you made one last week. So there is a profile that's created so we can better assist customers when they're calling back in when they're placing a new order, et cetera. It also streamlines the ordering process itself. Uh, I was talking about how do we get from point A to point B as fast as possible. If a lot of your information is preloaded in, right, that that order time decreases significantly uh, as well because we can pre-populate some of that saved information, et cetera. So that all goes into the, the larger tech stack and ecosystem that we work with. Awesome, awesome. And then one, you know, kind of fun question. Yep. Um, one of the issues with ordering online, you can't touch the, well, you can't touch it at the dispensary anyway, but you can't hold a jar of it. You can't, you know, really smell it or see it. Yeah. What is on the forefront for the metaverse? Are you thinking of partnering with anyone, you know, toss an Oculus on, be able to, you know, kind of check it <laughs> out? I love that idea. I mean, listen, I think the whole Oculus, putting on some glasses, getting the Apple, the Apple VR, I mean, seeing what we could do in the future, right? that's part of what our customer service team is doing. They're trying to fit that role and fit that, that niche or gap that we have because you're not going in and smelling what the flower is. You're not, you're, right, you're not able to play, touch, feel, et cetera. Not that you can really do that in the dispensary, but you can get as close as possible to it, right? Most dispensaries, they have their edibles displayed out on a table, but it's secured, et cetera. So you can see what you're buying. So we really have to work hard to fill that gap. I think in the future, would love to be able to integrate something like that into our tech stack. Right? would love to put on some glasses and have a big giant you know, nug right in front of me, staring at me in the face. Like, well, what are we doing with this? That would be amazing. And if we could have our customer service team somehow integrated in that, so it's real time, like, oh, I want this. Okay, well, here you go, right? Someone's on the other side of the screen doing a FaceTime or something like that. I mean, that would be wonderful. So that could be uh, something in the future, but I'll leave it up to surprise. Uh, and maybe next year when we're back here on this uh, on this next podcast, we can actually put on some glasses and do it through our, uh, through our website. I love it. I love that idea, man. And uh, we know that he's going to break the news through Benzinga Cannabis. So for all those product updates, hit Benzinga.com slash Cannabis. Joseph Rubin, pleasure to have you on today, man. Really appreciate your time. Doing some cool things. Excited to see you in new markets as well. But New York City, what a hell of a one to start in. Uh, Thank you again for for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Ellie. Great to meet you. Cheers, man. Awesome. Awesome. We do have Lincoln Barnett in the chat. Didn't even know you were CEO when you were networking. That's a humble man right there. Uh, (laughs) So thank you again, Joseph. Appreciate you, Heath. Appreciate you, Lincoln, for tuning in. Please drop any questions you have for our guests in the chat. BZCannabis.com again for our event in two weeks from yesterday. Every single major plant touching company will be there. Speaking of them, if you have had a pre-roll from a large company, Uh, In the recent past, you've probably had one that has gone through the system of our next guest. Please welcome Kyle Laux, CEO of RollPros. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? 
Good, good. Yeah, awesome, man. Where are you calling from? I like the view. It feels like a nice, like, light, beautiful, engaging background, man. That's why I got to have a window open. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. We're in uh, the beautiful Vancouver, Washington. So, yeah, just outside of Portland, Oregon. And this is this is the best time of year, you know. Everything's starting to chill off a little bit from the summer and mm-hmm. the fish are in the river. And, you know, I, yeah, it's a great time to be here. <laughs> Literally told my wife yesterday i was like we got to go to vancouver a i could probably write it off as a work expense because there's so many cannabis people there but b i hear it's gorgeous uh, so kyle appreciate you hopping on man i'm on your website right now um you are partners in pre-roll automation what does that mean um well really yeah we are uh we're we're the innovators in the pre-roll space right so um most most people are stuffing cones right now. And, um, I, you know, I saw, I saw that pretty early on as, you know, kind of like a subpar way of making a pre-roll, um, mainly because I've been rolling joints for the past, you know, 15 years. Um, and so I, you know, I, they, they weren't up to my standards. So, uh, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade. So I started to solve the problem. Um, and it ended up, being a total uh, revamp of you know how pre-rolls are created. Awesome, man. Um, so give us a sense of the demand for, for your automation, for your machine, for your equipment. Um, give us a sense of, you know, who's buying this. I mean, I mean I'd love a, I guess you know, I'm going in two different directions. So let me clarify. Let's start with the business case. When somebody buys this, are they buying one machine? Are they renting it from you? What is your business model? Yeah, so we like to sell machines. That's that's our model, and we've got finance options, and you know, and the ROI is, you know, it, it all makes sense to to business, right? Like, so we like the B two B, sell a machine, um, get your ROI, and then you know, and then really create a high quality product that keeps consumers coming back. Um, so that that's our model. We're we're an OEM equipment manufacturer. Do your, do your clients come back um, or how many pre-rolls can they make at a time? Yeah. So we have a couple of, uh, you know, we have a couple of outstanding clients that are running, you know, 24 seven and uh, they're, they're able to do some huge numbers, you know, really, you know, kind of peaking at like 250,000 a month. Like it's, it's kind of insane with one machine. Um, wow. but our, our typical users are, you know, closer to like the 50 to a hundred thousand a month. Um, and, you know, and really it's the, um, you know, it, it's the quality of the role that, um, that really engages our customers. So, you know, they spend all this time on the flower and, you know, often, often the pre-roll is the first thing your consumer is going to buy, um, to test out your brand. And, and kind of in the years past, everybody's put like, you know, their trim, secondhand flower into their pre-rolls. Well, we're seeing this shift now to like making your pre-rolls high quality because that that's your first entrance to a customer. Um, and as you know, brand, you know, brands are all about repeat customers. And so making sure you have a consistent product that is high quality every single time, um, that's really what our machine offers um, our customers. Yeah, definitely agree with that. The pre-roll is 100% the entrance to the brand. Whenever, uh, so when I was in college uh, in East Lansing, 
a lot of dispensaries there. And so on 420, they would always do a, like, if you come to our dispensary, buy something, even if it's $5, we'll give you a free pre-roll. It was just shake stuffed into a code. And it just kind of is like, I'm never going to buy that again. So what makes the difference with you using uncut paper, not using cones? Like, Mm -hmm. why is that the ideal joint? Yeah, so um, really the uncut paper and not using cones, that's more of like the warm, fuzzy, like getting getting to a sustainable market. Um, that's like, you know, because cones are, they're handmade overseas in factories. They're shipped over, you know, in mostly air, you know, crates. And it's, I, I just, I didn't really like the um, the sustainability there. Like, you, you got a lot of problems. COVID totally messed up the whole thing. So um, moving to more raw materials uh, is is better for everybody. I mean, we stock everything in-house here. So we have, you know, I have millions and millions of joints worth of inventory here in the United States. So um, that's, and that's all about better serving our customers. Um, and then the the quality side of it is um, we're, we're actually rolling a joint. So um, when you're stuffing a cone, your, your main factors to, to fill a cone better or worse is, your, is changing the material properties of your flour. So you got to either dry it out, grind it super fine, and all of these things are not good for the end experience. Um, so I, I created the machine around, you know, wanting to run the stickiest, the freshest flour that is, you know, possible to run. Um, and that's, that's where most of the cone guys get scared and they run off because it's like, well, how do you fill this delicate little cone with fresh sticky weed? It's like, you can't do it. It's not, it's, you know, we've all tried it before, right? Like yeah. we're all starting, we're like, you know, you'd unroll a, a cigarette and you try to fill it from the top and it's like, it just doesn't work. Um, so, so yeah, our, our technology is actually, you know, it actually like rolls the joint. So you get, you know, you get a really nice, even density down the joint. Um, and it makes for a great smoking joint. Yeah, definitely, man. So one of the things that we are going to, you know, kind of cycle into is you started with, Hey, this is the warm and fuzzy true roll. You patented it. What exactly does it do? How does it, you know, mimic a human roll again? Yeah. So if, if you guys have ever used a, um, you know, like the, I call it like the top style joint rolling machine, which has got a little belt and, or if you've rolled up joint with like a $1 bill, um, that's all kind of based on like this, it's called the Lieberman method um, or apron style rolling. Um, and so it, that's a pretty standard thing. It goes way back into the, you know, dawn of cigarettes um, and so essentially what I did was I took that and I automated it. So I was able to add the, the automation controls to like how tight you're rolling and how much you're filling it. Um, and that's, you know, and then from that led to some pretty cool innovations that, that were patentable. And, you know, I had to squeeze through the, squeeze through the tobacco space cause there's some crazy cool old cigarette machines um, but yeah, I was able to get, get a nice, uh, set of IP, um, around, yeah, around that technology. Awesome, man. Yeah. love to see it. The, uh, joints look absolutely pristine. Absolutely. They're even, there's no like, oh, there's a little air gap right here. That's going to start to, you know, um, 
canoe and then my joint's gonna fall apart so really right. nice looking joints look at our little pre-roll expert over here kyle god jamie we got to have you on more so kyle give me a sense of where you see pre-rolls going as a product um as a consumer trend um you know we're gonna be talking about it at our event and actually two weeks from this morning we'll have the panel uh, on the economics of pre-rolls and, and just want to hear from you as somebody who works in a day in and day out uh what's the future of this product category you know i i mean again i'm biased but um you know it's I think that the pre-roll is the best way to consume cannabis. Um, you know, it's, it's convenient. You light it. Um, it's, you know, the, the overhead cost is minimal. You don't have this disposable vape cartridge. You got to toss like, um, you know, you can literally bury it in the ground. It's just going to turn into dirt. Um, and so, and I think that we kind of, shot ourselves in the foot in the very beginning because pre-rolls you know hmm. they got a bad name people were putting trim in them and like and they're just super cheap right like mm -hmm. the the bottom fell off on those um and all the all the heads like all the like the real stoners they never trusted them for the same reasons that i don't and so they they buy flour and they roll their own joints and so like really like that's my target market because that's who i am you know like i i want i want to have the best flower and i want to have it in a joint because i want to go on a hike and i want to smoke it um and so i think i think pre-rolls are slowly going to overtake and start gaining in um price like really like i think the multi-packs are sick like I think the the ones where you can have like five different strains from one grower is awesome. I've seen that a couple times now. Um, and yeah, I, I think the pre-roll space is ripe. You know, I mean, it, comparing it to like vapes and gummies, like those still are distillates. And it's just like, you know, it, you're you're taking the flour, like all those extra flavonoids, like the, the flour is like got, it's got the whole entourage effect and that's the best way to consume cannabis is flour and the pre-roll, you know, just makes it into a very easy to use and easy way to consume. Um, so I feel like the shift is going to go away from vapes and gummies and we're all going to be, you know, talking hmm. about, you know, their favorite pre-rolls. Nice, man. Uh, well, I like that optimism for sure. Um, last question for me. Give me a sense. I mean, I know you work with a lot of brands, so you know I'm not trying to put you on the spot. But if one just comes to mind about they're doing it right, they're making a phenomenal pre-roll, they're doing it right. You got to try their pre-rolls. They're using our machines uh, so I can vouch for the quality. Does one come to mind for you? Yeah, I, I got to say, yeah, and I don't – I've got – I got so many great customers, like – that's like the thing is like, it's hard for me to pinpoint one of them because I really do. Like I, I love my customers. Like that's, that's the best part of this industry is, you know, I, I'm a fan of the product. So I'm a fan of my customers already. And, <laughs> um, and we build great relationships. Um, but I will say uh, Noah Levine of Benson Arbor in Oregon, he, he runs a very lean, a lean machine and he's got some great outdoor flower and I think he's got the fourth or fifth machine I ever delivered. Um, and he just took delivery of a second machine. And I've really seen his brand go from a, a flower only, uh, really high, high level of detail, like high brand quality of the flower. 
and he shifted into pre-rolls and he's almost solely doing pre-rolls now. And, and his product is flying off the shelf. Um, he's in Oregon, so it's a tough market and he's really grabbed the consumer and he's able to, he's able to control the market just purely off of like quality flour and quality joints. So yeah, I got, I got mad respect for him and, uh, yeah. And he's been with me for a long time. So it's, uh, we have a great relationship. Awesome. Kyle, we are at the end of our time, my friend, anything else uh, you want to get out there? You want to make sure our audience knows about you. I mean, you know, yeah, check us out. Come, come fly out to Vancouver and meet us. You know, we'll be at MJ biz. Um, I I'm always down to meet good, passionate people. So, uh, reach out and, um, yeah, keep, keep your focus on the flower, high quality flower that that's why we're all here. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. High quality flower passion for the plant. You certainly have a Kyle. Appreciate you joining us. CEO of roll pros, Kyle Lox. Thanks again, man. Awesome. Great to meet you, man. Yeah. All right, Jamie, a full episode with you. It's been a hot segundo since you have been able to join us a while. And this was a ton of fun Two absolutely amazing companies. Um, and you know, very conversational owners love to see it. I know. Love having the combos. It's it's so hard when people give short answers. So Kyle, Joseph, appreciate you both. Check out Doobie Delivery. Check out Roll Pros, especially if you're an operator in the space. Uh, Heath Crash Lincoln, uh, Tony, everybody else tuning in. Appreciate you. Please share with your friends. Tell a friend, Cannabis Insider, best executives on every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 Eastern time. We'll do this again next week. Then we're off for the end of September for our event, which all of you will be at, bzcannabis.com. Who do you like more, Elliot 20 or Jamie 20? Go buy a ticket and let us know. All right, y'all. Until Tuesday, thank you again, Jamie. We'll see you later. See you guys. Peace.